John 3 and 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi or teacher, we know you're a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do, except God be with him. Verse 3. Now, it's interesting to me, hold that thought right there. Nicodemus was acknowledging Jesus was a teacher, a rabbi. He was acknowledging the miracles that Jesus had done. But Jesus, in Nicodemus' communication, Jesus heard Nicodemus asking questions. Nicodemus was trying to understand what he was declaring. We know you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles you do except God be with him. He was declaring something, but in his voice and in his spirit, Jesus, who God manifests in the flesh, God knows the heart. And so the Lord Jesus heard the question. That's why verse 3 says Jesus answered. What was he answering? He was answering the question that was there in the tone of Nicodemus' spirit. We know. And we know he was declaring what he knew, but his spirit was expressing what he could not understand, and he was seeking for understanding. That's why he came at night. Because he didn't want to be seen in the day with this leader that people rejecting that we're part of his group. He had questions. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He was thinking in the natural. This is what we often fall into the trap of when the Lord speaks to us is we immediately begin to think in the natural. Well, how's that going to happen? God, anoint our minds today. Anoint our spirit, I pray. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what your spirit speaks, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Verse 4. Or, sorry, verse 6. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You'd already jumped to verse 5. You're ahead of me. I'm sorry. I apologize. Go back to verse 5. Jesus answered. Nicodemus now asking, how can I be born again? This time he's asking a question. Jesus answered. Truly, truly, I say to you. You understand when you see a word repeated in Scripture, it's not repeated for repetition's sake. Anytime you see something repeated in Scripture, it's to strengthen. It's to strengthen that which is being stated. Okay? Jesus didn't just say truly. He said truly, truly, or verily, verily. He was emphasizing the fact that what he was speaking to Nicodemus was truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, 
He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus did not stutter. He did not mix words. He didn't say maybe, could be, supposedly, we'll see. He was very clear. Verse 6. Now watch. This is what I want us to see here. We'll come right back to where we were. And that which is born of the flesh is what? I know you know this verse. We need it repeated because we can forget. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, the wind bloweth. What's he talking about, the wind? Yeah, it wasn't a trick question. The spirit. He's tying it to the spirit. The wind blows where it listeth. Listeth means where it chooses. Man cannot control the wind. You understand this? I'll give you a little side note. Man can learn how the wind blows and begin to harness it. Sailors of ships have learned ways to catch the current of the wind. Let it lead them somewhere. You can drive to Ellensburg or Spokane and you see those wind farms covered with windmills. And we realize men cannot control the wind but they have learned its patterns and its currents. They didn't just drop those there and hope. They learned some things about the current of the wind. And they said, you know what? If we'll position these things here, we can't control the wind, but we can harness the wind and we can use the wind to generate power. The wind blows where it chooses, but you and I, if we'll get sensitive and seek to learn and understand the moving of the Spirit, we can begin to enter into some things and begin to tap into and harness the moving of the Spirit, not for personal gain, but for the work of the Spirit. I don't control the Spirit, but I can begin to learn the move and the flow of the Spirit. I begin, I hear the sound of a move. I feel a moving of the Spirit here right now. And we can begin to tap into and enter into and harness, set our sail, if you will. Possession, position the windmill, if you will. So the wind blows where it chooses and you hear it, but you can't tell where it's coming from and you can't tell where it's going. Watch. So is who? Who? Not someone, not a select few, not a handful, not just those that hold the microphone every once in a while. No, no, no. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So what must we do? We must recognize. I have a question for you. The wind blows in currents. Yes, you can study it in Scripture. We don't have time for that this morning. Study it in science. I definitely don't have time for that this morning. But the wind blows. It has currents. How is it that weather men and women can predict things? Meteorologists. Why? Because they've learned that the wind has patterns. How is it that planes and flights can take certain flights and learn? They have what they call a Gulf Stream or a jet stream that they can enter into and it aids them in their travel so they are more fuel efficient. That's why planes fly at 30,000 feet. They've learned something about the currents and the patterns of the wind. They can't control it. That's why you'll ride and you'll hit turbulence. And you'll... I was flying in a plane one time and we hit turbulence and literally we dropped like 
We dropped so much that I'm sure if I hadn't had my seatbelt on, I'd have came up out of the seat. Some people did. Yeah, it was one of those big planes, too. It wasn't in a little bitty one. I felt it. Some people were like, people that never prayed started praying. <laughs> I'm laughing. I thought it was funny. I'm like, if we're going down, we're going down. But here we are. <laughs> I probably should have stood up and preached right then. That little prayer meeting. But what is it? Men have learned. Find the movement of the wind. Find the currents of the wind. Let's harness them. Let's get in them. It aids our movement. We can move faster if we get... Some of us, the reason we're struggling to get where we're going is because we're operating in the spirit and we're moving and we feel the movement. But then we step back in our flesh and it becomes a drag on the movement of the spirit in our life. We're going, what's going on? I'll tell you, you're vacillating between the spirit and the flesh. It's like stepping into the flow and then stepping out, stepping in and stepping out. But they that are born of the spirit, so is everyone. There's got to come something in us that says, I'm no longer content to step out of the Spirit. I want my life to be led of the Spirit. Now, every plane's got to come down to the earth. That doesn't mean everybody's got to walk in the flesh. Don't misinterpret that. The Lord knows you got to stop and eat a meal. You can't fast 365 days a year. Eating a meal is feeding your flesh. I don't mean it's bad. Okay, you got to do it or you're going to die. Okay, so you, sometimes you got to come down. Now, that doesn't mean you stop staying in tune with the Spirit of God. All right, you still have to remain sensitive. Some of us, and I told, I'm, I'm telling you again, I've told you before, but I'm telling you again, it's coming. We're going to talk about this. Not today, but we're going to talk about it in the future. We're going to teach. I'm studying. God keeps dealing with me. Some of us, we come down and we begin to feed our flesh, and we need to hear from the Spirit about what we're feeding our flesh. Because some of you are sick and you're in pain and you're going through stuff just because of what you're feeding your body. We'll come back to that. Not today. But a plane's got to come down to the runway. He's got to put fuel in. But the plane's not meant to live on the runway. It has to come there periodically. Needs a runway for takeoff. You and I, we have to come to at times where we're like, okay, I need to put food in my body. Okay. I, I need to, I need to spend time with my wife. Some of you are thinking, you mean that's not in the spirit? No. Sometimes we may, we may pray together in the spirit, but we don't, I'm not like, okay, I gotta be, babe, we're gonna have a prayer meeting today if we're gonna spend time together today. That's what Paul was talking about when Paul said. You know, it's better to marry than it is to burn. But he said, I wish all of you were like me. You just didn't even have a wife. Right? He wasn't finding fault with a man having a wife. He was simply saying, hey, I don't have to worry about taking care of my wife. Again, he wasn't finding fault for those of us that have a wife. He was just saying, hey, if you have a wife, you're going to have to spend time caring for her, taking care. He said, I don't have that responsibility therefore i have liberty in the spirit at times that you won't you have fleshly responsibilities okay i, I just felt like i needed to clarify that so somebody said well elder said sometimes we should come down in the flesh no we have fleshly responsibilities okay just like a plane has to come to the runway and get fuel and get clean. and then, but, but it's not meant to stay on the runway. It's meant to be up there. So it is with you and I. We have fleshly responsibilities. We have jobs. 
This is God's plan because Adam failed, right? And so we get to work. You should work, men. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. A man that doesn't provide for his own family is worse than an infidel, the scripture says. We should work. Well, God's my provider. Yes, he is, and he'll provide you a job so that he can source you, so go to work. You're just getting it all this morning, but I feel the Holy Ghost today. All right? Nothing worse than a lazy man. Man, let's get back on the word. I'm getting a tangent here. I'll get in trouble. Okay? So we have these responsibilities. But my job can't be all-consuming. My wife can't be all-consuming. What I'm going to eat, the next meal, where I'm going to go to eat, what I'm going to... That can't be all-consuming. There are things I have to do that are part of fleshly responsibility. Okay? But I'm meant to live and walk in the Spirit. I'm meant to flow in the Spirit. I can go to the job... I still have a job to do. I can't go there and say, man, I'm praying today. I don't know about what you're asking me to do. I'm in the spirit, boss. You know, hold on a minute. You know, I, you're, God's asking. No, you don't get to do that. But I can do my job and I can be led of the spirit on my job. I'm, I'm going to give you a small one. I'm going to be very careful so I don't get in trouble and share some confidential information. My role changed a little bit. A few months ago, and uh, I, I made a decision to step down from a role I was in in order to sort of free my mind mentally and some of my responsibility that I carried um, in order to give more time. I wanted my mind and to be freer for the kingdom of God. I could tell that the growing responsibility of covering central and eastern Washington was starting to consume my mind and my time more and more, and I just couldn't continue to balance that. And so... Uh, my wife and I just made a decision. And uh, so I, I step into this different role. And in this different role, it's a unique thing because it's not really defined. And so uh, my boss is like, you know, we'll figure it out. You just sort of do what you think you need to do and let us know. And if it's not working, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, you're sort of right in your own role. So that's sort of how it was working and how it's still working. And so initially, literally, like, uh, less than a week into it, I just sort of did a little exploratory thing, put together a two-page executive summary uh, for my boss and for the senior leaders of the organization to take a look at. Again, just exploring, no big, no real necessarily definite end in it, but just an exploratory thing. And, uh, you know, and, and it was very broad, but I've honed in on a very specific thing that was statewide, but I honed in on a very specific thing at a very specific location. Just to sort of feel the waters and to see, is this sort of what you're thinking, what you're looking at, yada, yada, yada. So it was, and yeah, great, looks good, yeah, done, dismissed, moving on, more stuff to do. It was two and a half weeks ago, I got an email from um, one of our senior leaders to me and to my boss, and he was asking a question about a specific location related to some of the work that I would be involved in and have been involved in since my role changed. And what he asked the question about, I sent him an email back. I said, this is interesting. This happens to be the same exact location and situation that I wrote a two-page summary on and sent to you back in July, seven months ago. My boss sends me a direct email 
cutting everybody else out. And he says, okay, this is tripping me out. <laughs> Why do I share that example with you? I'm going to tell you what I believe. God didn't come to me back in July and say, thus saith the Lord. This is the location and the thing I want you to do a two-page summary on. I didn't feel the heaven shake or light beam down on me or my computer. But you know what? I believe. I believe the spirit of the Lord, the wind blows where it lists. And I can be in tune with the spirit and in fellowship with the spirit daily. And he'll lead and direct my life and things begin to happen on the job and they don't even realize it. Some of them are starting to, but they don't realize it. You're getting the benefit of a spirit-led person working for you. See, some of you just need your perspective changed about your job. Your company has a spirit-led person working for them. Let the spirit of God lead you in those things. He said, you mean you, you pray about everything? No, I don't stop and go, okay, God, should I go left or right here right at this moment? Okay, God, should I? But I do seek and pray and ask God, direct my steps, direct my thoughts, order my day today. Lead me. Give me wisdom in conversation. Let the wisdom that flows from you, let me not lean on my own understanding. Show me the way to do. Show, help guide my responses and my interaction. And I believe he does. So the wind blows where it listeth. And that's how it works. So we come into these things where we have to operate in fleshly responsibility. But it's not a disconnect from our spiritual leading. Is this making sense this morning? Some of this is practical and it should be, but we need to know. Sometimes we take this being led of the spirit to a point to where, well, I just don't have time. I've got to be so. Uh. Now, if you learn to live in the spirit, you'll learn to walk in the spirit. That's what Paul said. And so we should live in it. So the wind blows and there are these threads. Now, I know you think I forgot, but we're getting ready to come full circle to Guatemala. Just stay with me. All right. So because that which is born of the spirit is eternal. Okay. That which is born of the flesh is temporal. Okay. No revelation here. If it's revelation, then you're a little late to the game. Every one of us will die if the Lord tarries. This is temporal. This is not eternal. This man will pass away. It's temporal. Now, I know some of you are 13 or 25 or some, you know, you're like, I got the world ahead of me. Yes, you do. I'm 52 and I've lived more than I'm going to live. Pretty doubtful. Unless the Lord just wants to, I don't know that I want to live to be 104. My kids are like, I hope not. <laughs> not really. I'm sure they didn't say that. But, but really, unless the Lord just has some reason and purpose in his destiny and design on my life, I, I don't want to live to be 104. Right? The scripture tells us man's given 70 years, you know, anything beyond that sort of bonus, I guess. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what I'm looking for. And so, so I'm a, I'm a, I know I'm past halfway. Unless the Lord chooses something like we just talked about. I'm past that point. And so 
I'm thinking a whole lot more about the eternal than I am the temporal. When I was 17 and 18, I was spending a lot of time thinking about the temporal. Who am I going to marry? All you single people, wave your hand like that. Go ahead. If you're single, thank you, Luis, or sister. I didn't see Samaria and Sierra's hand back there. Yeah, look at it. I'll just call you out. You don't want to wave your hand. All right. Here, all you single people, just wave your hand. Go ahead. Oh, I'm not going to embarrass you. Right, right. So, right, when I was, when I was younger, and so, right, we, it's good that you think about those things. There's nothing wrong. But my energy, my thoughts, my mind was on temporal things. Does that make sense? The older I get, the less I think about temporal things. I was concerned with career with income, with things, with stuff. I don't care about career. I don't care about stuff. I want less stuff. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not fault. These are seasons of life. So this isn't like an indictment against someone that's thinking about marriage. Because I can hear you and you're right. Well, that's easy for you to say, Brother Hart, you're already married. That's easy for you to say you've already had some accomplishments in your career. It's easy for you to say you've already, maybe so. But at the same time, don't dismiss what's being shared here. One of my greatest regrets in life is that I didn't have more emphasis on the eternal earlier than I did. And I think I've had an emphasis on it. But if God can do a supernatural work in our mind and our spirit, the wind blows where it listeth. It's the moving of the spirit. And the spirit is eternal. So there is no coincidence in your life or in mine. And if we can enter into our lives, if we can let our lives be born of the spirit and begin to live and walk in the spirit, we can be carried about through our life by the spirit of God. Somebody hear me. I'm going to explain this. We can be carried about through our life by the spirit of God. That doesn't mean we disregard or shirk all earthly responsibility. We talked on that. I'm not going to go back to that now. I have those things. But I have to recognize, when am I allowing earthly responsibility to get too great in my responsibility to live and walk in the Spirit? And then I have to correct and bring correction and prioritization to bring them back in proper alignment in my life. Is this making sense? So if we, this is when I'm saying the Lord is leading us into greater dimensions of consecration. Here's what He's saying. I intend to do more with you in the spirit and by the spirit. But to do so, it's going to be to the point where you're going, I only give myself to fleshly responsibilities that I have to. I'm cutting out more and more and more and more of the unnecessary things I do that are fleshly. Pray with me, please, before we go just a little bit further. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Let us not marvel, Lord Jesus, that you said we must be born again. Let your Spirit that dwells within us so operate according to your will. Let our sensitivity to your Spirit grow day by day as we fellowship you and your Word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So let me, uh, so let me give you an example. Because when, when something's born of the Spirit in your life, it's eternal. We're very experience and event oriented. Okay, we think about an event and an experience. The Lord is not just event and experience oriented because he's eternal. He is from everlasting to everlasting. And so we think in terms of moments. God, I believe with all of my heart, thinks in terms of eternity. And so when he affects something by the spirit in our life, it is not a temporary investment of the Lord. It is an eternal investment of the Lord. When he involves you and I in something spiritually, it is not a temporary involvement from the Lord's vantage point. From the Lord's vantage point, it is an eternal involvement. So it's, we, we need this understanding because what we do is we have a spiritual experience or we have a spiritual event take place, and then we move on looking for the next spiritual event or spiritual experience, rather than living in and walking in the Spirit and letting the Holy Ghost begin to reveal to us that that event or that experience was merely part of the fullness of eternity that God invested in us because of His plan to use us the way He will. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. You may not understand this now, but as you seek to be plugged in and in tune with the Spirit, He's going to remove some blindness from your mind and open some understanding to your heart. And you'll begin to see things in your life that have taken place. And you'll begin to recognize and realize, ah, that was the ebb and the flow of the Spirit. The Spirit of God. I remember when God did that. I didn't see it now. And sometimes you won't recognize beyond that moment, but in time you'll come to see my Lord and my God, you saw the end from the beginning because you are Alpha and you are Omega. You are the first and you are the last. And what you did in me when I was eight years old, you knew when I would be 78 years old and you knew the end from the beginning. You saw me at 14 and you knew what happened then. You and in your infinite wisdom would use that and you would take by your spirit and operate in me when I was 37. And somehow the connection between the two, I didn't see in the moment, but the spirit of God God, that is eternal invested something in me invested something in you and the wind blows where it listeth and you can't hear you can hear it you couldn't tell where it was coming from and you and I can't always tell where it's going but I purpose I will be led of the spirit that's what Jesus was talking about you hear it you recognize it's the wind you recognize it's a spiritual experience but you didn't, you didn't see it coming. You don't know where it's going. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. 
Joseph did not recognize his brother selling him was a spiritual experience. It was done of the Spirit. The Spirit took that experience and said, for them, it was temporal. They were just getting rid of you. But I'm going to be involved, so now it becomes eternal. Joseph, you getting sold into the slavery, I'm making it spiritual. What does that mean? It will outlive your temporal body. And Joseph being sold became the salvation of his 75 family members out of Canaan. But when Joseph died, Joseph said to his brethren, when the Lord takes you out of here, take my bones with you. Why? Because Joseph understood this temporal man is dying. But there is something that was birthed in my life that was spiritual. And God's going to finish what he started even when I'm gone. Because what God started in me was spiritual. So when God takes you where I will not go because of this temporal body, take my bones with you. Man, I feel faith for somebody. you got to get a glimpse. I would that God would remove from your mind and remove from your spirit the attitude or the element that makes you think some of the things that took place in your life were just bad circumstances and difficult things and or spiritual experiences were just temporal. I'm telling you, that which is born of the Spirit is eternal. It's eternal. It will outlive you. You may not understand it all now, but God in His love for you will begin to add to and reveal and place. Why? Because everyone that is born of the Spirit is like that. It was 2008, I think. Right there, somewhere between 2007 and 9. That'd be 2008. That's <laughs> what some of y'all thought. That's why I said it. I'm like, well, that's the same thing. Uh, Eight or nine, I think one of those two years was the first time I made a trip to Italy. I tried my best to give you the short version. I'm aware of the time. I made the trip to Italy. Uh, I was going to go and be with the Guzmans. was excited about that. First time I'd ever been there. It was in Torino. Uh, or Turin. And uh, Brother Pedro Guzman reached out to me and said, Brother Hart, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it. I'd already booked my tickets and everything. I was going to be there for 10 days. was excited to just be with them. I didn't realize it, but the dates that you're here, I committed myself to a three-day conference ministering in Sicily. So, quick geography lesson, okay? Italy is here. Up here at the top, France, Greece. That might not be right. France is here. I think it's Greece over here. A little wider at the top, and then it comes down like a shoestring into the Mediterranean Ocean or the Mediterranean Sea. You got it? Sort of got that picture in your mind? Turin's right up here, or Torino's right here. You can get on a train, and in 35, 40 minutes from Torino, you can be in the north of France. Okay? The French Alps are right there. Okay? Mont Blanc. You ever heard of that? Yeah, that's right there. So you can be there. Or... You can go, Sicily's all the way down here. It's an island at the tip of Italy in the Mediterranean Sea. I was not going to go to Sicily. I was going to go to Torino. I was wanting to be with Brother Pedro. I was not going to go with him while he spoke at a conference for three days. I was going to spend time with him. You with me? So, 
can you change it? Could you back out? Could you? He sends me a picture of the, this is how far back this was. We, were, we would do Skype meetings every once in a while. Some of you don't know what that is, but it was like Zoom before Zoom. Said Microsoft owns Skype. They sort of missed it. They should have owned Zoom. But anyway, they probably got enough money. But anyway, so we were doing these Skype meetings back and forth. And you sort of move like this on Skype meetings. But we were bad internet for those that didn't get that. So we're in these Skype meetings. And I'm like, well, Pedro, can you change it? Could you blah, blah, blah. So he sends me the flyer that they've already made up for him being there. It's got a flyer. It's got the Pedro Guzman picture on it. It's got the dates. I'm like, I, 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 it, it tells me what you told me. Can you change it? No, no, I think I need to go. I need to go. And you'll just go with me. We'll get you a ticket. We'll fly you down there. And so, oh, you know, I'm trying. You know, save yourself that expense. Can you just move? Maybe I take No, no, there's go. Long story short, I went. So we went. And uh, partway through my trip, we fly down to Sicily. We're there. We get there. We're going. I'm happy. I'm excited. No, I'm not really. But we, we get picked up at the airport. Two men meet us. I'm like, thank God. They at least had the wherewithal to bring two people so that there's two vehicles because we were riding like sharks. There are no big cars in Italy. And if you're there, you're thankful because, man, you go between some buildings. I don't think a big car would make it. So they pick us up. And I'm like, this is great because there's four of us. Me, Brother Pedro, Sister Maria Guzman, their daughter, who's an older teenager now, the four of us. So I'm like, it's good. Plus, we've got our luggage, right? This is a good thing. Two cars. This would be great. So we walk out. Lo and behold, no, no, no. There's not two cars. There's only one car. The two of them came just to greet us and help carry our luggage. Oh, and by the way, the car, I can't remember what it's called because, you know, over in other countries, cars have different names, but the same vehicles here. Right. They call it a Volkswagen Passat or Volkswagen Jetta here. It was a Volkswagen something Jetta over there. And there's six of us. Oh, and by the way, Brother Pedro gets car sick. I'm, I'm talking about the wind. Still with me? See, sometimes it's hard to see the moving of the spirit in life circumstances. The wind blows where it listeth. Can't even tell it's coming. Can't tell where it's coming from. You hear it. I knew the Lord told me to go to Italy. I heard it. But I sure didn't see it leading to Sicily. Can't tell where it's going either. And so Brother Pedro gets the coveted front seat along with the driver and the other. The rest of us get the not so coveted back seat. If you were counting, there's four of us. And just because it was so tight, we couldn't put my suitcase in the back. So here's yours truly. I'm not exaggerating. I got the side seat behind the passenger. And I'm like this and like this. And I got my suitcase like this in my lap. And it's dark. I don't know where we're going. I can tell we're climbing and I see lights in the distance at times. And I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, I hope this place is close. It wasn't. It was almost an hour. I can't see anything. If I ever had to get my way back to the airport, I couldn't have done it. There was no way. It, I mean, roads and curves and hills and climbs and it's crazy. Anyway, the Lord is my witness. I'm sitting there in the back seat of that car like that, and I'm looking out this little side window thing, not seeing much. It's ten something at night, and I literally prayed this: "Lord, what in the world 
am I doing here? They're talking and carrying on. I don't speak Italian. I don't know what they're saying. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm just like, God, why am I here? What am I even doing here? We arrive at this place. We walk into an apartment, two-bedroom apartment. The pastor who was single and his sister-in-law, or his sister, brother-in-law, and their son, who's five, live there. And there's about 10 or 12 other people there. And they got tables, and they're ready to eat. Well, I'm ready to eat, but I wasn't ready to eat with 15 other people in a two-bedroom apartment. But here we are, and we ate. And then I find out the four of us are staying in that two-bedroom apartment with those people, not all 15. Some of you are like, what? No, 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 not like that. Just the, just the four that already lived there, the single pastor and his sister and brother-in-law and their son, David. So I'm like, oh, man. And so the pastor comes and says, hey, you're going to have my bedroom. He's got a bedroom with a single bed and a little table beside it. And I go in. We eat. We, we sing songs. When they sang a song, I felt the presence of God. I'm like, okay, I, I can relate to this. It was so humbling. They, learned, they sang a song in English because I was there. It was so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. It was so beautiful. They sang, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. If we had time, I'd sing it and make fun of how they sang because their Italian accent singing in English was so precious. Surely. It was funny. I still remember. It was a precious time. About one o'clock, I go into that bedroom. I'm like, and I'm still like, Lord, what am I doing here? I'm laying there in that bedroom in that apartment. I'm hearing people in the rest of the apartment. I'm talking to you about the wind blowing where it will. See, we want to qualify and disqualify circumstances versus submitting our life to the leading of the Spirit of God. And we don't always know what He's doing. We spent those three days there. In those three days, I slept a total of five hours. It wasn't because I couldn't sleep. It was because there was no time to sleep. We went to the first night of the conference they sing and worship. It was beautiful to be there. I'm sitting on the front row over to the side. They finally bring up Brother Pedro to speak. He comes up. He's supposed to be speaking in English with the interpreter, so I'll know what's going on. But he forgets, and he starts speaking in Spanish with the interpreter. Well, the interpreter could do English and Spanish, so it was still good. Now, at least in Spanish, I could pick up a word or two here and there. And so I caught stuff. I at least understood Joel Hart. Right? Those were Italian words I understood. And so... Uh, you know, I realize he's introducing me to, you know, since I'm traveling with him. Well, I realize in a moment later, he's not introducing me as his friend traveling with him. He's introducing me as the speaker tonight. <laughs> My face ain't on the flyer. And I'm like, I realize what he's doing. Yeah, you're laughing. I wasn't laughing. I am now, but he's introducing me. I apologize to you that have already heard this story, but he's introducing me. I stood up. I'm like, dear Lord. I took step one, step two. When I took the second step, the Holy Ghost dropped a scripture into my spirit. And the next step was a step up onto the platform. 
I took the microphone. I greeted the people. And I said, I want to share a verse of scripture with you. It was just one verse. I still remember, and I'm not going to preach that message this morning. I shared that verse, and for the next 25 or 35 minutes, the Holy Ghost began to minister. People began to hit the floor, weeping and broken. People began to fill the altar. Brother Pedro did not preach a single service in that conference. <laughs> True story. We'd finish a service. We'd go to a restaurant. The first night we went to a restaurant, they had a big room reserve that would hold about 50 people. They kept bringing out pizzas, which was wonderful. There are no two Italian Sicilian pizzas that are the same. I had stuff on pizza I'd never had on pizza. Eggs and hot dogs and sausages. And you know, it was all good. It, yeah, it was good pizza. Anyway, and this is after service. And for two and a half or three hours until 1, 1.30 in the morning, I'm sitting at the end of this table. And men or women would walk up and the pastor would be sitting there interpreting and conversations and tears would begin to flow and they would leave and someone else would come and sit. And there's another flow of ministry nonstop. And then we ride back to the apartment and the pastor and I are sitting there in the living room. And for two or three hours more, there's flow, flow, flow. And we look and it's like, ah, it's 4.30 or 5. We should probably at least lay down and try to get some rest before 7 in the morning. And so we'd lay down and sleep for an hour or two and get back up and go again. We went one morning early to the church and began to pray. And we, before we know it, four hours have gone by. The Lord met us there. And there's a flow of ministry that went on for another several hours in our conversation. That's why I only slept five hours in three days not because I could didn't want the Lord had given me supernatural strength for what he needed to do in a short time and only days before I was going God what am I doing here tell you what was happening the wind was blowing where it chose I was just having to find the wind and somehow be led of the spirit get in the current that I was designed by God to get into when he filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not some exclusive vessel. Anyone, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Spirit may not take you to Sicily, Italy. And I know some of you are going, well, I wish you would. No, you don't. But it'll take you somewhere. He'll take you somewhere. He may take you into the middle of an orchard and an encounter with a man or a woman and there's an outflow and you don't know you didn't ordain it, but God ordained it and you're led of the Spirit in that conversation. This is God's design. I'm hurrying. I must finish. It was a short time later. I'm back home in Arkansas. Just a few weeks later, Daniele, that's the pastor, Daniele Jufrida, and I stayed in touch. He reaches out to me one morning. I look, I'm like, my goodness, it's 1 a.m. for you, which he was, they were always up late. I take it, he's whispering on the call. I'm like, why are we whispering? He says, there's a man in my room. True story, that's how he started. There's a, I'm like, and here's what I thought, brother. What do you want me to do about it? I wouldn't be calling me to pray. I'd pray. I, I didn't know where he was going. But here he is. He said, there's a man in my room. I just met him today. And so I brought him. And he's sleeping in the room. And this is his name. And he believes the message 
but he's never been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But his parents are apostolic preachers. And the reason I'm calling you is because he's from Washington. Don't you know people in Washington? I do. But Washington's not as small as Italy. It's bigger. <laughs> True. Italy's about the size of the state of Arizona. Much smaller. About the size of the state of Arizona. Arizona has about 6 million people. Italy has over 63 million people in it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to Sicily. <laughs> and they all drive crazy. But anyway... I'm like, yeah, where, where does he live in Washington? Maybe I can, he's wanting to get him connected. He goes, he lives in a town called Federal Way. He's, you know, he's trying to pronounce words. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, Federal Way. Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I, I spent 10 years in the church in Puyallup. It's, it's 15 minutes away. We can get him connected. Okay. Why would God calls a young man it was only 15 minutes from the Puyallup church to intersect in a life with a man on the other side of the world where my life had intersected with him only two and a half weeks before. Why would God use an Italian pastor in Catania, Sicily to bring the two of us together when we were so close for so many years? Because the wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And so God will do things in your life by His Spirit that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to you, but I promise you it makes sense to the Spirit of God. It is the wind blowing where it listeth. And I'm trying to help us. The Lord is trying to help us understand that when God does a spiritual work in your life, it's not just temporal. It's eternal. Now watch. If the story ended there, it would be beautiful. But it does not end there. Years pass by. So happens just over five years ago. I get a phone call from a man in Guatemala that's pastoring there. He says, Brother Hart, this is Pablo. Oh, yes, Pablo. Pablo and I knew each other 20 years before in Missouri where my brother-in-law and sister pastor. He was one to the Lord there, him and his friend from Mexico. Pablo's from Guatemala. They had worked their way up to the United States, gone through the process to get legalized, and they were one to the Lord there in Missouri. Pablo had a heart to go back to his people in Guatemala, which you knew would have to be God, because what God had done and blessed him with here in the States to give that up and go back to where he, his family was in the mountains was a sacrifice. His pastor said, I think you need to wait. He waited 10 years, stay submitted to his pastor, said, now it's time. And he, the Lord opened the door and he went. He's been there now 15 years. But Pablo had reached out to me five and a half years ago and said, hey, aren't you in Washington? I said, yes, I'm in Washington. He says, I have a lady in my church. Her son lives in Washington. And he's from here and he comes down and sees her. And when he comes, God touches him so much. And I've tried to get him to connect, but he calls me and he says, there's no churches here that teach and preach what you preach. And so he said, I told him, I think I know someone in Washington. So he reached out to me. I said, well, where's he at, Brother Pablo? He said, well, he's in a town. It's called Bellingham. 
I said, well, Bellingham's four and a half hours from where I am, but it's closer than you. And so, yeah, let, let me know. I'll figure something out. So many of you know, for a year, my wife and I pretty much every weekend drove back and forth to Bellingham, taught Bible studies there with those people, helped them find a location in a building, began having services. And just earlier this year, I was privileged to go there and be with them and preach the five-year anniversary of that church. There was about 80-something people there in that congregation. Oh, Guatemala. Watch. Talking about the Spirit. Such as everyone. Such as everyone. This is an exclusive. Such as everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's eternal. That year that I went back and forth, I didn't speak their Guatemalan dialect. They had a good enough understanding of Spanish that you could speak to them in Spanish. I don't, you guys know I don't speak enough Spanish. A couple times, I just got my Spanish English Bible and just went through verses. And I would sit down with Google Translate and write notes, knowing what I wanted to say and translate it and then type it out in my notes so I could convey messages to them. Not pinning roses here. I want you to understand the simplicity of the gospel. It works. But many times, there would be a man that would drive and meet me there and interpret for me because they were very fluent in Spanish. That man I first came to know from a visit that he made to Sicily, Italy, where God saw fit to connect us through Daniela Jefride. And then he got connected to the church in Puyallup was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we began to work together in Bellingham. Me preaching, him interpreting, and us together praying for those precious people. And we met through a man in Sicily. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. It's the moving of the Spirit in your life. It was eternal. God knew when I was in Daniele's bedroom, in a few weeks, I'm going to bring another man into this room. And the prayers you're praying in this bedroom today are going to affect his life when he lays down on this bed. And this man you're interacting with for three days is going to affect his life. And when it affects his life, he's going to go home and he's going to connect somewhere I had you. And then you're going to be led by the Spirit to another place. And I'm going to bring him in and you're going to understand I was working all along the way because the spiritual things that God does are eternal. And now I'm getting ready to go to Guatemala. I don't know what all that, I don't know what God's got planned. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you for your patience with the length. You are not just existing when you are born of the Spirit. You are not just existing. The time frame from first meeting Brother Pablo Chan. Some of you know him. He's in the congregation in Puyallup. That's the young man that I met 
via Daniele in Sicily that interpreted for us many times in Bellingham. That journey was a journey of years. A journey of years. More than 11 years between the two points of Italy and Bellingham. 11 years to the temporal. It was nothing to the eternal. I would that the Spirit of God would begin to anoint our minds to recognize and realize I am born of the Spirit. If you have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have been born of water and of Spirit. And Jesus said, such is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone. Everyone. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now? I believe there is a revealing of the Spirit coming to some of your lives today. Oh, you thought you just made that decision just because. Come on, some of you, if I were to ask you 15 years ago, can you see yourself in a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, apostolic church? You'd have been like, there ain't no way. But somehow along the way, the Spirit of God caused an intersection of relationship in your life. Somehow along the way, I'm telling you, even before you knew the Spirit of God that's eternal was reaching to you, He saw you in your mother's womb. He knew you before He formed you there. And the Spirit of God reached, whether it be into a prison cell, into a job place, into a supermarket, into a Bible study that you got invited to, that you thought, well, I'll just go see because they've been bugging me. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord, the wind of God was blowing and reaching. He knew where it was coming from. He knew where it was going. You and I, in our carnality, we hear it, but we can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. But I promise you, I promise you, the Spirit knows where it's coming from. The Spirit knows where it's going because the Spirit is eternal.